ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. We have a These Go to 11 first. Greg Dutcher is not in the studio with us. However, he is joining us via iPhone. Greg, say hello. Hello from the great distance being out of state. No, I'm only 10 minutes away at my house. All right, Greg, how are you doing? Obviously, you're not here for medical reasons. What's going on with you? Give us the nitty gritty. Yes, it uh, is not terribly exciting. It's just uh, unfortunate timing. I went away this weekend with uh, my father and brother and our our boys. We do an annual Dutcher men's trip. And uh, I could tell when I left, I wasn't feeling 100%. Uh, And then by Saturday, I was in full stage. I don't know what it was. Chills, aches, fever, congestion, Mm. that kind of thing. No stomach stuff, fortunately, which is always the the most dreaded thing on a trip like that in confined quarters. But um, I'm there as service to you and Steve tonight, bro, that I'm not getting you guys sick. We are um, really thankful that <laughs> yeah. you stayed home, brother. Absolutely. Go away. Yeah. Keep yeah, yeah. You, you ever, after church, I've had so many people do this, is after church, you're out in the lobby meeting people and shaking hands, and somebody shakes your hand and hugs you and kisses you on the cheek, and then they say, oh, man, I got the flu. I'm so sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you look at your hand, you can just see the germs festering on it already. Yes. You're like, yes. why did I you have do had that, that, man? Countless times. Yeah. Or I've had the, the person that says, oh, you know, they've hugged and kissed you and everything. And they say, yeah, I'm the only one in the family that hasn't got stomach flu. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, you're so the carrier, you're the live man. wire. That's right. That, uh-huh. that came in today to, to nail us, yeah. In, but, in defense uh, of such people, there have been a couple times where I, I, I was sick. And it's after church. And I just totally forget that I'm sick. And so yes, I shake yeah, somebody's yeah. hand and I realize, oh, man, what did I just do? And now I have yeah. a crisis of conscience. Should I tell them or should I not tell them? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know, dude. I do. I've anyway, been in the same spot. Thanks for staying home, spot. brother. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, uh, full disclosure to our audience, we got, uh, we're, we're podcasting. It is almost 1030 at night right now. Greg is sick. I have been uh, out to work a full day's yeah. uh, a full day at the uh, liquor store, and Steve, it's ten thirty, man. What what? When do you usually go to bed? I mean, uh, eleven to twelve. Eleven to twelve. So yeah, so we're we're pushing your outer limits here, but it's not too bad. Yeah, yet. I'll be all right. A, a uh, nap today would have helped, but that didn't happen. So. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. Full disclosure, people. Uh, we're we're gonna go with this podcast, and who knows where it'll end up? <laughs> who knows where we're? I will say one cool thing, dude. Um, my son, Ben, who is 12, it gave me an unexpected cool activity with him today because my wife uh, and oldest daughter and our other son and daughter, they went up to Delta to a family member's kid's birthday party, had a great time. Ben doesn't have a counterpart that's his, that's his age in that group. So he stayed home with me, and, uh, dude, we finished The Flash. Oh, nice. Dude, I'll tell you, I got so hooked to that show uh, (laughs) because at first I was just watching it. Kind of, Ben likes it. It's comic book. I thought it was a little corny, a little sappy. But each episode just to me got better and better than the one before it. Yeah, it, um, just, it builds. Sweet. It was it was awesome, man. And we, you know, we were uh, watching it, and you know, we got to the finale today, and we're trying to figure out what does this mean, what does that mean. So we rewound the last twenty minutes and watched it again. So there's a few cool benefits to being sick when you can Not hang bad. out with one of your kids. And hey, uh, Greg, what what do you guys do when you do your guys' getaway? Where do you go? What do you do? 
Yeah, dude, it's um, we've been doing it a few years now. It's it's great. My dad is just my dad's the man. He is he is a true patriarch. You know, he just owns it. Uh-huh. We, we we normally go somewhere. It, it's always Virginia or Pennsylvania, somewhere in driving distance. Mm-hmm. And it, it's uh, a minor league baseball game is a oh, standard part of it. Nice. Cool. So we went up and saw the uh, oh, who were they? They were the Allentown or the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Oh, Iron yeah, Pigs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Iron Pigs. And that called, that's the AAA uh-huh. uh team i think they're the phillies affiliate uh-huh. uh so we saw the iron pigs play uh awesome the red Sox uh triple a affiliate and then we uh saw ant-man on saturday we went to a water park saturday night um so we just go and hang and uh um, good time yeah it's just fun just fun so that's something we've been doing now for uh several years and it's a, it's a nice tradition my dad did that's great how long have you guys been doing this Oh, uh, sheesh. This, I think, was year five. This is the first time my youngest son, Isaac, came. You know, he's almost nine. So he really wanted to come last year. And we thought, well, maybe give him one more year. Uh, and uh, he, he hung with us pretty good. You know, it's a little harder for him because his brother and cousins are several years older. Sure. But they're, they're pretty patient with him. Um, and we made sure everybody had a, a Nintendo 3DS. Uh, and, <laughs> so that killed some of the downtime. I think yeah. there was a whole lot, but it was, it was just great. And it's something my father's wanted to do for years with his sons and our sons. And, uh, we just got to get something equivalent of a women's trip going. Um, but you know, as always, we prioritize ourselves first. Is that, <laughs> is that wrong? I mean, is that not something in all selflessness, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Greg, I think the fact that you're leaving the women alone is is thanks enough. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yes, that actually is true. Lisa and her mother and our girls went to Lancaster and spent the day there, and uh, I was tracking the money that she was spending. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> and crying. And it, it was it, it was okay. They probably spent less than we did. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was good. Nice, nice. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and, and dive right in. And the first topic we have today, um, and again, we have no idea where this is going to go. So this may be our first and only topic. And we may have a couple others. But our first topic, Greg, you emailed this to me um, over the weekend. And um, Steve, we wanted to get your perspective um, on this because um, Greg has said this a few times to Lisa. I know I, I think I've said this once or twice to Joy, but you know, just I will never cheat on you. And so, within the context of you know Scripture and knowing our own human fallibility. Is that something that we as Christians should say with confidence or should we maybe have a little more humility understanding that we are a broken and sinful people in not making such promises that we just don't know the future and we don't know where our where we're going to let our sin and lust lead us? So in other words, you could you could notch down the terminology a bit and instead of saying i will never you could say baby it is absolutely in my heart that i would never <laughs> or you know uh yeah nothing in me ever wants to yeah so you're not exactly affirming you will never uh but you're still coming on pretty strong 
Uh, I think that's a great question. Now, have you two discussed it? We we actually no. haven't. This is right. uh, this so this is all live yeah. conversation. Yeah. So well, okay. So I got to see that you guys sent me a text and gave me just a, a little brief on, mm-hmm. on that topic. So I started thinking about it, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely biblical. To, uh, for example, take vows. Now, I know Jesus said, don't swear by the temple, don't swear by this, don't mm-hmm. swear by that, but just let your yes be yes and your no be no. But uh, you know, I, nobody I've ever read says that they think that means we shouldn't, for example, in a wedding <coughs> ceremony say, I promise to, right. et cetera, et cetera. So you know, what are you supposed to do in a wedding ceremony? Should yeah. you stand up there before God to all these people and say, baby, I'm going to try my best. That, you know, I'll be, I can't guarantee it. Honey, right, but, right. All right. You're going to stand there and say, I promise to be faithful to you and et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think there's everything right about that. And yeah. all the parties hearing that I think should understand there's you, you, the woman you're speaking to understands the person who's making this promise is a fallen now redeemed person. Mm-hmm. And so I realize that they are not necessarily 100% good for every word that comes right. out of their mouth because they're a person. Right. Uh, so they should all take everything we say with that little bit of grain of salt in it. But you know, I'm thinking about um, – I, I looked these up today so I know the chapters. Paul, <laughs> Paul, yeah. Paul, yeah. Paul in Acts 18 and then again in Acts 21 takes vows – they're probably mm-hmm. Nazarite vows, and we don't know the exact nature of what did he vow. Sure. But the one in chapter 18 is interesting. He uh, he had it. I think that's the one where he had his hair cut. That would yeah. be a Nazarite thing. And, and he took a vow, and uh, this was something done in connection with temple worship and whatever and whatever. So he vowed something. Now, when they vowed, they didn't say, Lord, I'm going to try my best, and I hope I won't fail at this, but you know I'm a fallen guy, so cut me some slack here. Right. But No, they would just yeah. say, you know, I'm vowing. I, uh, you know, God is my witness. And Paul would often use, in the book of Acts, uh, I think three times he uses that kind of vow terminology where he says, uh, God is my witness. He does that in Romans as well. God is my witness. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit bears me witness. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. Mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd rather be... Uh, um, basically in hell myself if my countrymen could be saved. Right. So nothing wrong with taking a vow. Again, in chapter 21, he does it with a group of people, and he pays the fees for their vows and his own vows, and they all do this vow thing together, and I think he's doing it to open doors for the gospel so Jewish people will let him speak to them. But he's taking vows, and that's like what we do at our wedding ceremonies, right? We take yeah. a vow, and you say, baby, I will love you, you know, till death do us part, right? right. Yeah. I will be your man till death do us part. You're, you're taking a vow and oaths and making promises. So I, I think Paul gives us biblical precedent for doing that and understanding that in our frailty, maybe we'll fail yeah. mm-hmm. at that vow, but I can still utter that vow i mean i just think it'd be kind of weird if i said to debbie baby i love you so much i just want you to know i will try <laughs> yeah you know yeah. yeah yeah i mean what do you guys yeah. think greg uh wow steve that's that's good I'm, I'm sitting here thinking everything you're saying particularly in light of paul's vows that are in scripture i, I had a similar thought uh, having just done a bunch of weddings recently and i've got another uh, one yeah coming up in just a few weeks um the, the concept of a vow uh, and what we're saying and why we're saying it and by what strength we're saying it. I guess for me, just to give a little background on why this came up, uh, Lisa and I were talking about a couple that we have known, uh, 
uh, and I don't even have to be that cryptic here because they're not associated with our church. Uh, they're, they're outside of it. But we heard recently um, that the husband uh, cheated on her. And, mm-hmm. you know, believing couple, uh, mm-hmm. we were, mm-hmm. were very, very uh, upset uh, when we heard it. Uh, of course, that's happened in our church life as well, as I'm sure it has yours, Steve. And, oh, yeah. Um, we, more, uh, more times than we want to say, right? Oh, man, man, just heartbreaking. And, yes. You know, I find myself with this fierce desire to to just look at Lisa directly in the eyes and tell her I will never do it. And I think what I'm struggling with is how do I do that in such a way that one isn't self-righteous arrogant um you know arrogant yes yeah, so yeah. that because i'm not me uh, i would never do that <laughs> yeah because that almost seems to to set up you know the pride goes before the fall thing uh, right um but uh, the the other passage i looked up steve which is really obscure is one of my favorites because this is in uh first kings 20 and uh these are two losers here it's uh ben haydad who is the leader of of uh of Syria, uh, coming against the northern king of Israel, Ahab, uh, who is not going to win any prizes for uh, moral <laughs> fortitude. Uh-huh. Um, so, in one sense, you're you're looking at these two scoundrels, really. Uh, but I guess from the broader covenantal perspective, you know, God is uh, at least for this time still still showing some favor to Israel um, that will last a short while longer. And uh, there's this exchange between them. I won't read it all. But there's this interesting proverb uh, that um, Ahab says, uh, once the king of Syria, Ben-Hadad, has made all these bold threats, um, it says in 1 oh, Kings. Oh, I know that's one. This is good. <laughs> Isn't this a great one? <laughs> it has the armor word in it. Yes. Yeah, the armor that's one. a great one. one. Yeah, go for it. It says, uh, and the king of uh, of Israel answered, "Tell him, let not him yeah. who straps on his armor boast, boast himself as he who takes it off." Isn't that great? Yeah, that is just one of the best from from it a guy is. that's good stuff. Had, had no fidelity to <laughs> Yahweh, had no fidelity to his role as a godly king, but nails it there. Uh-huh. And so it's one of those things that, to me, I mean, what a joy it would be. On my deathbed, yes. if uh, I, Amen, you know, brother. Amen. if Lisa outlives me, which is the case with most women and men, to be able to say, you know, Lisa, I stayed true to you, yeah. uh, and yeah. it was a joy and an honor, and I, you're the wife God gave me, and I was so blessed. That so that's that's what I hope to get to, and I want to say it in the here and now. But I don't want to say it in such a way that I'm deceiving myself, that I'm not susceptible um, to the same, uh, you know, insidious nature of sin that has tripped up so many other guys. Yes. Uh, but I, I'm just saying, Steve, it's, it's not even really a difference in perspective. I think everything you said is spot on, uh, that we are called to make pledges. Um, and and maybe, maybe this affects things a little bit, too. Um, I, I've been married 40 years. I've been married to one woman, my wife, Debbie, yeah. for 40 years. So if in year one I had said to her, baby, you know, don't you know, I will never. Yeah, she might look at me and say, well, all right, I hope so. You know? but, yes. but it's been 40 years. Yeah. You know, there could have been many opportunities. I'm not saying there, there were. There were no great temptations along the way. To, uh, but 
I think I've made it 40 years. I think, Lord willing, by God's grace, there, I put in the weasel words, and you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make it the next however long years we right. live because I intend, I want to finish well, man, what you were just saying. You know, I want to yeah. be able to say, like, Paul, I fought the fight, I ran the race, and I was faithful to my woman. Yeah. yeah. Right? I want to die with that in my heart and that in my soul. So uh, I'm going to do everything I know to do to just keep it that way. Yeah. 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 You know, it's it's so weird, Steve. On my way back, from uh, my trip this weekend, I was just uh, doing a little channel surfing at the very end. You know, we said goodbye to my brother and his son and my father, and, and we're driving back in, in the rental van that we all took on this trip and um, doing a little channel surfing. And there's a song now. I don't, I'm not up on music. This might be an old song, but it, in the past year, there's a song by Andy Grammer. Um, what is it called? Um, I think it's called. Uh, yeah, my daughter just. I just heard her. <laughs> What's it called? Oh, that's great. It's called, it's called "Honey, I'm Good." Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Did um, she roll her eyes like Dad? You're so stupid. Yeah, Sam yeah. made the podcast. She's probably like, "What a loser." Uh, <laughs> but what, yeah, what was the name of it again? I'm good. And the whole song. It, it's interesting. It's as far as I know, Andy Grammer's not a quote unquote Christian artist. What was the name of the song? A great again? message. Um, because the whole point is he's in a. He's in a bar. There's attractive women around. He's um, oh, that song, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. If you know that, he's probably had some uh-huh. drinks. He's been with friends. He said, "No, I won't have another. And I might go home with the wrong girl or something." Yeah, yeah. 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 Basically, he says, "No, no, honey, I'm good. I uh-huh. could have another, but I probably shouldn't. probably shouldn't." Yeah. Uh, and then he says, um, "You know, if I stay, I might not leave alone." Yeah. Um, and he says, "I need to bid you adieu to another. I will stay true." Uh-huh. But wow, this is a song. It's very popular. That's actually encouraging fidelity. It's kind of um, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. It, it, in my mind, I think that it's his wife, not his girlfriend. Uh, probably taking some poetic liberties there. <laughs> uh-huh. it, it, you know, even still, I, I thought there is this it's need to call men to pledge their fidelity uh, to make it a lifelong ambition. Um, and I, I, I want to tell my wife that I will be true to the day that I die. And yeah. I want to assure her. But I think you're right, Steve. If I said to her, if I qualified it too much, least now, by God's grace and his sovereign intervention <laughs> at, at points <laughs> of temptation and the fellowship of the body, men holding me accountable, uh-huh. um, I gonna, might. By, she's going to put grace. her hand on her hip and say, what's her name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Give me your exactly. phone number. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's it's true. So I think there's a line there of um, pledging our faithfulness uh, boldly and uh, and trusting God's grace to give us yeah. the strength to do it. I Amen. Guess. Yeah. Hey, back to that song. There, there's I. Yeah, it's a great song. I don't like that song. And, oh, wow. and there's two reasons why. The, the first yeah. one is really personal. Like I listen to it a lot. We, Debbie and I, when we're driving, we listen to the radio together and talk yeah. about stuff. So we listen to that, listen to that song. And for the longest time, I thought it was Adam Levine and Maroon 5. <laughs> yeah. Because the guy sounds like Adam. He's been listening to Adam for sure, man, or something. They're born out of yeah. the, cut out of the he same does, He does so, sound like him. So one day we're driving, and I said, oh, man, it's Maroon 5. And she said, no, it isn't. It's whoever that was. I said, yeah, that's Adam Levine. She said, no, it isn't. And so you can look on her radio. You can't see anything on my radio, but yeah. her radio, it'll tell you who's doing the song and so on. And she was right. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I don't right. like that song. Yeah. All right? That's a song I yes. was totally wrong on. Yeah. yeah. So your daughter can roll her eyes at me now, all right? Yes. Um, yes. I, uh, but also, yeah. I don't know. It just kind of bothered me at first. I, it should, because what you're saying is right. It is a song about faithfulness. We ought to commend the guy. He's saying, no, I know where to draw the line. I'm not having another drink. I want to be faithful to my woman. That's, that's good. Yeah. I don't know. What didn't I like about it? Just that he's, he's, he's like he's almost tempted. He'd say, well, I could, but I won't. Mm. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, I, I, I agree. I think that's uh, that's an important qualification. Yeah, yeah this, is, this, is not, this is not the man in his prayer closet. Uh, <laughs> but I'm being this, too picky. I'm glad there's a song in common culture that's about faithfulness yeah. to your yeah. to your wife, we'll say. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think to you guys' point, too, about making vows, I mean, I – if you look at, I mean, God called people to make vows in the Bible, you know, in the Old Testament. And, but it was never, I, I don't believe it was ever with the intention that, oh, yeah, these people are going to keep it perfectly. It's never going to be an there issue. Go. No, God knows all. He knows that these people aren't going to keep the vows that he's calling them to make. Right. But it's, it's through him that the vows will be kept. Yeah, it's, right. It all points back to God. It all points back to Christ that Christ is ultimately the one who fulfills all the vows perfectly. I rely on him and his righteousness to fulfill those vows that I, that I'm going to break. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and like you, you talk about Greg, this shorthand that scripture uses at times, specifically with God's sovereignty. When Paul talks about the people that he's gone out and saved and right. clearly, Paul knows that he's not the one saving these people. It's the Holy Spirit, and it's the work of God. But he still uses this shorthand to describe what he's doing and what God is doing through him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I wouldn't see there being anything different in this instance as well, that we are saying, I'm going to pledge myself to you. I'm going to be faithful to you. Obviously, with the caveat that we know we are sinners, we know we're fallen and broken. And so, yes, anything could happen, but I'm not... I'm not looking toward those broken things. I'm looking to live the life that God has called me to live. Yeah, that's good. And if I should fall in the process, then, then God will pick me back up and and move me along the path. Spank me, dust me off. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. That's real good. Yeah. It was a, that was a good. It's almost like you planned that, Nathan. As a good. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? Really, he knew I just when to drop that, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's funny how theological I can get when I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do this podcast, dude, all the time when I'm sick. And You're sick. Steve and it's shows up. Now, Steve, I gotta, That's did, right. Did you, did you oh. drive in tonight in the Jeep or your motorcycle? You know, I was going to bring the motorcycle. But I, I thought, you know, you guys, the parking lot isn't all paved out here. Yeah, yeah. And that's I got to be careful on rocks, and I don't want to drop that thing with his weak arm still yeah. recovering and all yeah. that stuff. So, so I brought the Jeep, but the Jeep's got no doors and no top, and so it's almost like a motorcycle. That's right. Almost like a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool, close. man. Uh-huh. That's cool. Yes, which, by the way, if our audience didn't know Nathan, because, um, you know, I know from Steve and, of course, his Facebook, he has been cleared to oh. ride the motorcycle. So. Oh, baby. Nice, man. So you got man. you still got some riding season left then? Oh yeah, I've been riding. Oh, I, nice. I had to go to Downingtown Saturday for a meeting, so that's yeah. hour and a half up, hour and a half back. Took the motorcycle. Nice, loved. It. <laughs> Dude, yeah. that is awesome. That's I mean, great. what what is it like, Steve, for you to be back out after this long delay? Well, I cried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it really is just good. Like, like I will literally grin while I'm riding the thing and and say. Thank you, Lord. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's uh-huh. great. 
So somehow it just ministers to me. You, you guys have something that ministers to you, right? It's oh, fashion yeah. or it's oh, yeah. going to a ball game or whatever. Getting on that yeah. motorcycle just does good things for my psyche. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. man, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So the next thing uh, we're going to go into. and um, hey, Before we go into it. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Right if it, yeah. uh, you mentioned that proverb about let not him who puts his armor on, on boast like him who takes it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Another proverb that I've always liked, but I was confused about it earlier on. When it comes to marital fidelity, um, there's a proverb. Maybe one of you guys can help me get it right. I can't remember the whole thing, but it talks about somebody who uh, goes with an adulterous woman, uh, reduces himself to a loaf of bread. Oh, yeah. yeah. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah. So earlier on, I thought that meant I think it. I think it has to do with poverty. You're only going to have a loaf of bread left, man. You're going to plunge right. into financial ruin because you're going to mess up your family, maybe lose your job. You're going to pay alimony and child support, etc. Uh, but earlier on, I thought it meant he's stupid. Like right. his brain is a loaf yeah. of bread. You're reducing <laughs> right. yourself to. And I always thought, man, I don't want to be that stupid guy. Yeah. I don't want to be the loaf of bread guy. Yeah. Uh, but now I can think, you know, I wouldn't want the financial disaster. I wouldn't mm. want the financial fallout. I wouldn't want, you know, it's good that there is social pressure. Yeah. All my kids, my grandkids, my parents, you guys, all kinds of friends. If I messed up on my marriage, yeah, it just messes up my relationship and my feelings yeah. about being near. Everybody I know, yeah. it's, just, it's yeah. It, yeah, we're intended to have that. That's why you have a yeah. wedding and invite people. Right, you're inviting right. social right. pressure. Right, yeah. yeah. We want you guys in our <laughs> yeah. lives, speak into us, and keep us faithful to one another. So um, I don't know that those concepts have already helped have always helped me think. Man, I just absolutely would not want to. And plus, you know, I love Debbie. Man, yeah. I want to hurt that girl. Yeah, yeah. I I amen. Love her. Yeah. Why would yeah. I ever want to do that? Yeah, and wound her. Yeah. yeah, that that is a great word. That's um, I'm looking for it, and I love to. Say, I think it's in Proverbs five or six, but um, here it is. Yeah, in, uh, in six. Um, well, maybe I'm looking at something different. I'm seeing uh, this is ESV. Keep in mind, Proverbs. Greg is sick. All right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sick, man. Keep that. He's on drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Proverbs six twenty five. Do not desire her beauty in your heart. Do not let her yeah. capture you with her eyelashes. Uh-huh. For the price of a prostitute is only a loaf of bread. Uh-huh. Uh, but a married woman hunts down a precious life. Uh, then I love the next one. Can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes and not be burned? And not be burned? Good. Or can one walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? Yeah. So is one who goes into his neighbor's wife. Um, yeah, those are, I, I, I was told as a young single man before even I met Lisa to spend some time meditating on Proverbs five and six, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. um, you know, the strange woman, the danger, uh-huh. uh, you know, all uh-huh. that stuff, because the, um, I remember that came out in, um, the screw tape letters. Mm-hmm. Remember there's a, a little obscure reference where, uh, screw tape is advising Wormwood. He says, our scientists, unfortunately still have to provide pleasure to get our uh, patients to sin he says they're working diligently on a way to remove pleasure um but he does he does make the point that fortunately the pleasure evaporates the moment the sin is taken root yeah um and yeah. sexual uh-huh. s- sexual sin is the most obvious example of that yes uh, mm. i won't have to get any more detailed i think it goes without saying but, I, but the, that the helps moment- Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying, you know, the moment that pleasure is is over and done, just, that's it. Just think yeah. how you would feel. Oh, yeah. You know? Goodness. 
Wow. How, how dirty and disgusted with yourself and broken and fallen and ashamed and, you know. Yeah. I don't ever want to have to feel that stuff. No, yeah. no. Yeah, and, and all and, for And all what? for a moment, yeah. a little pleasure. Just a, a short moment of yeah. pleasure and boom, it, yeah. it's gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and even putting it, I remember, um, you know, growing up, uh, you know, growing up in a Christian school and Christian home, you'd hear about, um, you know, friends and who, who were believers who even outside of the context of, of marriage, um, would sleep around and, and just that shame and disgust and guilt. I mean, how much more so in marriage, you know, knowing that you've made this vow, this promise and, and you've broken it. Yep. Um, you know, just and yeah. maybe wreck your family and then your kids are living in a couple different yeah. homes and being, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, well, and like, stuff. and like you said, Steve, you know, I mean, joy and I really have the same base group of friends mm-hmm. and they're all mm-hmm. solid believing Christian friends, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I just think like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. If, if I did something like, I'm kind of the one that's going to be on the outs here, yeah. you know, like yeah. there I'm goes all my, my life, friends, man. you know, there goes all yeah. my family, you know, yeah. Greg, you and I have an added incentive to be absolutely faithful to our wives. Yeah. That is we would totally <laughs> lose our careers, right? Yes. I mean, that yes. is a nice incentive yeah. to have. I really you know do what? not want to it, flush my career, my income, <laughs> lose my house, lose my motorcycle, you know, know. So, <laughs> you know, so man. Yeah. It, it is so true. Steve. I was actually just going to say, um, why then, because I, I couldn't agree with you more, doesn't that incentivize yeah. more pastors? Wow, what are they uh, thinking, huh? Yeah, yeah because you do um, hear, and again, I'm not going to play percentages. I don't know. But let's just say it happens enough. We all know of some mm-hmm. pastor, maybe that we know personally or yeah. that we know through association or right. that we know in you know some media coverage news, yeah. that has literally right trashed everything for um, an adulterous relationship. Uh, but, yeah, you would think that that would incentivize, yes. you know, um, uh, avoiding that. But it, it doesn't. Yeah. Sin is, yeah. wow, it's so, amazing. So in our shoes, being pastors, you really get reduced to a loaf of bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. That's like true. Like you're standing on the street corner selling pencils after that. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Plus, uh, for the poor. well, yeah. Nathan. No thanks. Uh, Nathan has heard me say this before, Steve, and I don't think you have, but without going into too much detail, years ago, I was recounting to a friend, the early years of Christ Fellowship were really, really hard. And... Um, there was at one point in 2005, uh, I said this probably in some other context, I really thought, man, it's done. I was two years into it. There's no way that this church is going to take. Uh, huh. There were a lot, wow. of, a lot of issues in the early years. Uh-huh. And I was, I was on a website back then called findyourspot.com. <laughs> and uh, I was, it, it, it had uh-huh. located me. It sounded like an oasis in Peachtree City, Georgia. <laughs> um, which is just oh my goodness what an what an exotic name a beautiful town it's Wait a till suburb you see of town. Atlanta yeah. <laughs> and um, you know I was going to be there and I was going to teach English on the high school level and oh, I was researching uh-huh. I was going to get a provisional license there and then take a course or two if I could to uh, you know get certified and yeah, I mean, I, I really thought this is how it was going to happen. Well, years wow. later, once wow. God got me through that chaotic moment in my life, I was sharing this with my friend Todd Brochard, 
who is a good friend of mine, who's the youth pastor at my former church. Mm -hmm. And I was recounting this, said, yeah, Todd, I'm on this website. And I said, and at that point, I'm thinking, yeah, I I guess I'm going to leave the ministry. And then, and he interrupted as if he were me still thinking it through. And he says, yeah, and then I realized I have no other skills. <laughs> you, know, you know, Spurgeon, a lot of things get blamed on Spurgeon, but I read this. He did say this. Spurgeon yeah. said it's a good thing most of us have nothing else we could possibly do. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or we'd bail on the ministry every Monday, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah it's so true, Steve. It's, it's so true. Well, I, I advised a young man not long ago who I think I surprised him. Uh, he, he has a heart to go into the ministry, but he also has an interest in medicine. And of course I said, well, those two things are not mutually exclusive. (laughs) The, the, you know, the, the things that you can do are incredible. Uh He said, yes, sometimes I feel like I want to be a pastor. And I advised him, uh, this, this seems non-Spurgeon-esque, you know, because Spurgeon always said, if there's anything else you could do, then you're not meant to be a pastor. Yeah. Uh, I, I sort of went anti-Spurgeon, and I, the kid's name was Josh. That's not a big deal. I said, Josh, I would urge you to uh, to get your degree and work a few years, um, you know, in in the medical field. And I said, because you know, worse comes to worse. I said, church life can be hard, and it's always nice to, nice to have something to fall back on. Yeah. And I, I think he was genuinely surprised. An awful lot of guys, you said, I don't know the percentage, an awful lot of guys who go to seminary, an awful lot of guys who start out in ministry do not wind up staying in ministry for long. Yeah, It's a lot of guys. So it's a good idea to have something else that you can fall back Uh, on first, some degree, some skill. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, see, Steve, see, I I don't know all about guns. Like some other passer I know, uh, who uh, is quite skilled with firearms and uh, is is quite good with safety and those things. I, if you know of a pastor like that, Steve, let me know. I don't know who um, that would be, but I know someone who actually had a course with another pastor and his wife this morning. Oh, is that? <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Uh-huh. Dude, nice. really? Yeah. Wait, another pastor and his wife? Yeah, I'm working the pastor thing, dude. I'm working that. You know? That is Pastors awesome. need guns. <laughs> Wow. So, so if people fall asleep during our sermons, <laughs> yeah. we can deal with this. <laughs> Church That's discipline. That's right. right. Right there. Yes, yes. Hey, I, as you know, Steve and uh, Nathan, too, I, I just went shooting for uh, the first time. Well, I, I saw I that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, with uh, one of our elders. Yeah. Our yeah. Friend, Bill Heidel. You guys were shooting, podcast. what, a foot away from the target, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It was awesome. We went to a place in uh, White Marsh, you know, where, where he's from. I know that um, range, yeah. Because basically, uh, he knows that we've talked about doing it ourselves with, with you, Steve, and some mm-hmm. other guys as a fun kind of uh, hobby activity. And he said, he basically didn't want me to look like an idiot. So <laughs> he, let, he let me look like an idiot in front of him uh, <laughs> first. And uh, yeah, this is fun. your explanation for why I got cut. <laughs> no, no, he was the he he was the uh, prerequisite to the big time, which is you. Oh, Steve look at that! Yeah, see how I smooth that out. Flattery will get you everywhere, brother. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Actually, staying on this topic, something um, just popped into mind. Um, Joy and I will often. Um, you know, just kind of in talking and joking, and Joy's actually come to taking me very seriously on this um, because there are times where Joy will look at me and just after she's done something to seriously annoy me, <laughs> and she'll just kind of look at me. Do you love me? Yes, of course I love you. Do you like me? 
No, not really. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's actually become a thing with us. So now she will actually ask me, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Well, do you like me right now? Yeah, I like you right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what are you guys, what are you guys' thoughts on that and like, you know, being honest about something like that? Um, well, my wife might listen to this, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You know what we need, Steve? We need two tracks here we That's right. yes yes brother. one the for the wives the scrub and version later we'll lay down the, the debbie approved track yeah here honey you can listen to this i yeah. brought you your own recording uh-huh. yeah I, I actually dude i i'll be honest i here's why i like it because it's obvious that it's it's you both that mm. you um you're comfortable with that and I think that's the key thing. I mean, yeah, we, we do things like that, too. As you guys, I mean, Lisa is brutally sarcastic with me, and I love it. Um, I love it. She's oh, funny. She's witty, and it's just our way. Like, we'll tell each other sometimes, oh, shut up. You know, uh-huh. she, we'll, we'll jab at each other so much. And in the context of our marriage and our relationship, that's perfectly fine. Um, and I'd be just as quick to say there are other, you know, relationships where people i don't know they, they don't like sarcasm or they don't like yeah. that sort of honest edgy mm. humor and it probably doesn't work for them mm. you yeah. know uh it works for us uh that doesn't shock me at all nathan knowing you as i do that 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 works for you a joy um and i would just say you know if, if you're keeping tabs on how that impacts your partner and you know then it's fine like i mean lisa Lisa can tell me things like when I turn to her um, in church and she puts her hand on my mouth and says, next time you open your mouth, make sure there's a mint in it. Uh, (laughs) I mean, then I'm going to laugh. You know, she means it. My breath is terrible and I got to fix it. And I guess there are some husbands that would be offended by that, which I think is silly. But, um, you know, I I think that every couple works that stuff out. But. Oh yeah, dude. It's a There's good sign times. when you guys can be playful like that in your marriage. You can take jabs at each other, you can tease each other, and everybody thinks it's funny, and you laugh. That's a good sign. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I think too. Yeah, I, I'm always a little worried, Steve, when people um, in general, and I'll broaden this out a little bit from marriage. Um, when I was at again uh, my former church, Stillmeadow. Uh, Dave Shive would constantly rip on me, as oh, he still I can't does. Imagine that. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you listen to any podcast Dave's been on, he still does. I was going to say, and Greg, you invited him on the podcast to keep <laughs> doing it. Exactly <laughs> to, to to do it with an ever growing audience. You know, but he um, there, there was a sweet woman at, at our church uh, who was very sensitive. Was always afraid that sarcasm uh-huh. was going to hurt uh, people's feelings. Uh-huh. And, and, and I love that about her. And, uh, she had a tender heart, but Dave Shive was up in the front one time and he said, and if anybody wants more information on our small group, see pastor Greg. And I was in the back talking to somebody standing right by that church. Actually had stained glass windows. It was a very sunny day. And this radiant light was coming through just at that exact moment. That was almost blinding. And he said, in fact, you can see him right now. He's talking to Richard. He said the light is radiating off his bald head. <laughs> <laughs> of course, everybody's laughing. Uh, and he's just busting me, laying me out. And uh, this woman, Marge, came up to me afterwards and just told me how that really bothered her when Dave does that uh, and or makes comments. She was very concerned that I was hurt. 
she probably should have been going to Dave, to be perfectly honest, if she felt that way. But it gave me a good chance to tell her. I said, Marge, if I was hurt by that, let me just give you my sense, then I, I've got some real problems. Yeah. Yeah, because that means I'm proud yeah. and I'm insecure. Yeah, I said, like, I know that I'm bald. Um, and and now I, I want to qualify it. I think it's a little different. Men and women, you know, men can jab like that. I don't think it's wise. You would never say something about a woman's appearance. Yes. Um, it's just a totally different context, you know. And, 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 you know, if I kid somebody publicly like that in church, let's say I'm up front, I'm on the platform, and I, I, I start poking jab and jabbing at somebody out there, yeah. it should be interpreted by everybody there as a sign that – I have such a good relationship with that person yeah. that I trust that this is going to go down well. Yeah. Yes. So rather than being alarmed, they ought to realize, wow, those two must be pretty tight. They, yeah. You know, they have an understanding here. Yeah. Going back to what you asked, Nathan. Yeah. Um, you know, in 40 years of marriage, like mm -hmm. Debbie and I have enjoyed, obviously there are times of, of difficulty, mm -hmm. right? There, there are times when things are a little tense and you have to work through some stuff and you, maybe you don't feel like it, but mm -hmm. you got to talk things out anyway and don't let the sun go down in your wrath. And, and there have been times when either one of us would say to the other, to those questions that yeah. your wife mentioned, well, well, yes, I love you, but right now I don't exactly like this. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you point, point yeah. to something. You point something out. I love you, but I'm not real happy with that. Yeah. So that's kind of the way it's worked for us. And it's just being honest, yeah. right? I absolutely love you. I'm absolutely committed to you. I will die for you. But I don't really like what you're doing right yeah. there. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then we talk about that. So what do we do and where does that need to go? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think that's I think that's great. Um and like I said, I was just here thinking about it as we were talking about, you know, um how how do we approach, you know, honesty and marriage and our vows and things like that, you know, and, and, and I've just, you know, I, I kind of stepped back and was like, if somebody were to hear me say that to joy, what would they be thinking? It's like, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and Greg, you know me very well. There are very few times that I, I care what people think. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, for the sake, and we've talked about this too, but for the sake of joy in our marriage, I know she, she does value people's opinions and especially for her, she cares what people think about me. Um, sure. So while I could care That's less what nice. people think about me, uh -huh. um, she does care what people yeah, think Debbie about too. me. And so yeah. when, when I make comments, um, or I say things, whether, you know, it's her and I joking around or even, um, if I'm saying something to someone else, she's like, you've got to be careful because of what they are going to think of you. Yeah. And, and, and so her and I have struggled with that a lot because I, I really, I don't care. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, you'll never yeah. make friends like that. I've got enough friends. I don't need any more. You know what though, Nathan, I like what you're onto though. You're onto the fact that it, it's almost a strange thing. You you care about how you're perceived because joy cares about it. right right now, you're admitting you wouldn't care personally yeah. so if you're a single dude yeah and again I tend to think in most marriages the, the wife especially um, and I might be overstating it but I, I see if you guys agree that the wife has a civilizing influence on the husband certainly um, yeah 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 I, I just think that I mean there are things that you you never <laughs> not that it always works my 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 beloved father-in-law who is with the lord now um i'll never forget the time we were at a family function uh and we were after a graduation or something we all went to like a 
above. It was like a golden corral type of place. Mm-hmm. And we were there forever. It just seemed like it was never going to end. And um, as, as Lisa's aunt was talking, uh, Steve just kind of turned to his wife, Connie, my mother-in-law, and said, Oh, Connie, my butt's getting sore. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, of course. I'm well, saying, at least you said butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I don't even, I think that's right. You know, he did. He did. He said, my butt's getting sore. You know, you just think men left to themselves. Yes. <laughs> Who knows what kind yeah. of things we would do and say. It's, yeah. it's testosterone, wives, brother. Yeah, just this absurd <laughs> Wives tend to catch more of those social cues and what is acceptable and what isn't. And uh, yeah, I uh, you sound like you've been eavesdropping, Nathan, on some of my conversations because I'll <laughs> say that too sometimes. Lisa, well, who cares? And she's like, you don't get it. I care how you are perceived. Yeah, you know um, this thing about who cares. It's got some biblical warrant, like like the Apostle Paul in First Corinthians. I think it's chapter four. Is it? It's three or four. He argues, you know, what what people think of me, I don't really care. And he doesn't mean right. that in the wrong way, like, yeah. you know, screw everybody else. Right, right. He, he means it in the right way. I, I'm not really bothered. What I'm bothered by is how will Christ judge me at the last day? And I don't even right. know myself now. So let's wait until the last day before we pass judgment on things. So that's nice to have that Pauline position where you can say, I really don't care about what how any human court would judge me. But on the other hand, I'm a pastor. And yeah. I have to work with. And worry about <laughs> yeah. what are people thinking of me yeah. Yeah. All, all the time. Yeah. And that's yeah. one thing that would make me sometimes, honestly, sometimes I really, really don't want to be a pastor so I can stop being nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever get that, Greg? Like, I'm just tired of being nice. I'd like to be a nasty Harley dude, you know? <laughs> yes. Like, don't mess yes. with me, dude, and tell people what I think. Like Nathan say, I don't care what people think. Yeah. Man, I'd like a day like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> Steve, you are, man, speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, all the time. And yeah, I mean, obviously, the, uh, uh, you know, a qualification of eldership is the idea of a reputation with outsiders. And, yeah. Um, and I'm always careful because I think we've talked about this in some other context. I always believe that all the qualifications of eldership are really just what all growing, maturing Christians should be aspiring to. Sure. It, it's mm-hmm. almost a way of saying, hey, it goes without saying an elder you know, has to be aspiring to these things that we all should be aspiring to. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree. And, and we look at the church and say, okay, we're all not, we're all in different places. Some people are very young in their faith. They're very tripped up. They're not aspiring to. So all my qualifications there, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that all the time, like uh, Lisa will bring that up to me. I, I have such a, a, just hairline trigger when it comes to rude customer service, um, <laughs> you know, and I, it, it's just part of it is I grew up with my mild mannered father. One of the only times I'd ever see him get his ire up is when there, you had a, a rude waiter or service person, oh, you know, or, uh-huh. or, you know, customer service interaction. And I would see my father kind of, you know, ratchet up to a new level and, you know, that is a hard thing for me not to do. And again, that goes to the civilizing influence. Lisa will often say, don't, don't. <laughs> and I say, well, Lisa, this isn't fair. And so she goes, it don't. doesn't matter. You are a pastor. <laughs> and, and she always gets him. She goes, what if this woman walks into your church, our uh, church this Sunday? I know. You and, think and that, say, don't you? Well, then yeah. I'll just 
really uh-huh. preach hard at her um, <laughs> and convict her of her horrible behavior. But um, yeah, those things uh, those things come out a lot. And thank God, man, for our wives. Yeah, um, being mindful of these things, a little greater sensitivities, and you know, accommodation of culture and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Just uh, last week. I went to the gym in my Jeep. I was parking the Jeep somewhere because um, it might rain, and I wanted to try and keep the Jeep dry with no top, no doors. And a lady in the business on the other side of the gym building was out having a smoke, and she saw me parking there, and she started really giving me the business about parking there. And yeah. uh, I don't know. I guess it was the mood I was in, or this was this is my one opportunity that this woman is not in my church. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I was giving her the business straight back. And yeah. in the back of my mind, I was thinking, she's going to show up at Trinity. This oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. say, that pastor looks an awful lot yeah, like I've seen that man. She's going to start, hey, y'all, I know this man. Yeah. <laughs> well, Dude, and Greg, I, oh, man. you and I have talked about this too. I mean, I have that, you know, like we've talked about House and, you know, James Spader and the Blacklist. I have that potential much to joy chagrin to to be that type of a person wow yeah. like house and, yeah, yeah. Like just, yeah, yeah just straight up and uh-huh. i i have the wit and i have the huh. the the brain to do that huh. and and i think about you know where i work and the person that i work with <laughs> yeah and and for me it's always coming back to the fact that I'm a representative of christ so yeah. i'm not even in the position that you guys are in and i just know that I have an opportunity and I have established a witness with this man and, and for the past three years. And so how quickly could I ruin that with yeah. one comment or one word and, and, you know, just totally blow that away. You'd get me all convicted now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why Steve, I haven't been listening to him the last minute. <laughs> I've got this new thing, guys, whenever I feel on the, on the edge of conviction, I just shut the whole thing down. <laughs> Zone out, huh? My life has gotten so much easier since uh, I've gotten to that point. Yeah. Well, and yeah. again, like in all fairness, this isn't this is work specific for me because these yeah. people I've been around with. That's not to say that when I'm out and you know I come up against somebody who's irritating me that I just leave it alone. But very uh-huh. specifically for the environment that I'm in, the past three years, this is you know, who, who I am, you know, and this is how people know me and I don't lose my temper and I don't, um, you know, go all off on, on anyone. And so for me, I think to do that and, and, you know, Greg, you and I have talked about this too. I spent many, many hours in the store praying, not necessarily for Bernie, but for myself Sure, that I wouldn't lose that witness and I wouldn't Mm -hmm. lose my composure. Um, on the other hand, Mm-hmm. I've always been intrigued and kind of tickled by this passage in the book of Acts mm-hmm. where they, they haul the apostle Paul before the high priest. Yeah. And the high priest says, all right, man, give an account of yourself. And Paul starts off and says, well, I've always thought to live with a clean conscience before God. The high priest had enough right there. And he says, slap that man. And Paul shoots right back at him. He doesn't know he's the high priest. Right, right. He shoots right back at him and says, God is going to slap you, you whitewash wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I need a little bit more of that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, right. But then, of course, they told him, "Did you not know that's the high priest?" And he says, "Oh, I'm sorry, because it's written, you shall not speak against the ruler of your people." So right. he takes it back once he knows that guy's position. Yeah. But there we get a little glimpse into Paul's fiery nature. I think. Yeah. Right. You know, he had a quick comeback for this dude. God's going to smack you, you whitewash wall. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah. maybe it's appropriate to have a comeback like that mm-hmm. once in a while. And, yeah. well, and let me ask you this too, Steve. I mean, would it, is it, do you think it's appropriate um, for anyone? Because I've always, I, I've come to the point in my life where I, I've been convicted, I believe, that there are certain things that are appropriate for people who call themselves believers and then people who don't. And I, and I take on that idea of I've become all things to all people. Um, and so for me, if I don't know if this person's a Christian, I don't want to damage that opportunity that I have to witness to them. However, if this person claims to be a Christian, to me, it's, it's, it's like open day on hunting season. I mean, I will fire away at that person. I'm going to keep that in mind when I'm around you. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. No, but, but I, I am, I'm, I'm honest to hear your thoughts on that. Like that differentiation. Do you yeah. think there is a differentiation in it or? Well, yeah, maybe because like, like Paul says, um, walk in wisdom toward outsiders. All right. What's that look like? Let your speech be with grace mm-hmm. yeah. seasoned with salt. Uh, so they taste some Christ in you so that you may know how to answer each one. So, yeah, the basic rule of thumb is is that, and that ought to be our default position. If your default position is comebacks like Paul, God's going to strike you, you whitewash wall, then you probably have some problems, right? <laughs> yeah. But, right. but, but right. if occasionally you come back with that kind of comment to somebody, it, it may be justified, even if they're an unbeliever. Yeah. That person Paul was right. speaking to was presumably, he was a high priest, right. not a believer in Christ, right? Yeah. But Paul right. kind of ripped at him a little bit. So, you know. Maybe that's okay sometimes. Yeah. Sure shouldn't be our default position. Sure. Right? Yeah. Sure. Default position ought to be I deny myself, I die to myself, I absorb a lot, I give grace, I speak right. back words of peace wherever I can. Yeah. Yeah. Greg? That's good. No, I I, <clears throat> I think that you you had brought that passage up before, Steve, on an earlier podcast. Yep. And the topic now uh, eludes me. It but was I think... uh, on authority. It was on uh, respecting authority. Uh, oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. That's uh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that, that is uh. a very intriguing passage. You're right, a glimpse into Paul's life and heart. And I, I, think, um, I think that things are, um, things are not always as cut and dried as we make them. You know, we tend to want to have a cookie-cutter approach. How does a Christian behave? Um, yes. What happens in families? I mean, emotion is the real and honest part of life. And we can we can try to deny it as much as we want. But I, I know that when I'm around family that I've known for a long time, could be a sibling or a cousin, someone that you've known to, you're going to have uh, disagreements. You're going to have uh, frustrations. Um, and the way you speak in your family may be different yeah. than, yeah. you know, than, than the way you would speak to your neighbor or your coworker. Yeah, I mean, it's true. just... You know, there's a sense in which I think the point is whenever we do blow it, you know, we realize, hey, I went too far. I said too much. Then I think the Christian especially has the obligation or should to go back and just say, hey, I was mad. And um, you might even say I had good reason to be mad uh, and let's talk about it. But I had no excuse for saying this yeah, and going saying what I did. The way yeah. I did yeah. 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 And that's yeah. just part of it. You know, it's just that it's keeping the lines of communication open and being honest uh, and vulnerable, and you know, to, you know, I, I'm not. I don't want that to be an excuse. Just hey, do whatever you want. But I mean, I think one of the most helpful things I can ever tell my kids when they see me lose my cool is, you know, I'll tell them, you know, when we tell you, uh, you know, uh, Ella or Isaac that you need a savior, um, you know, Daddy needs a savior too. You just yeah. saw why Daddy needs one. Yeah, yeah. and just say That's you right. saw it. Like it's That's right. We're not just perfect people telling you. Yeah. We're just as needy. Yeah. And your mommy and daddy need a savior just like you do. Um, 
And I, I think it, it just helps us temper it because, you know, it almost goes back to the vow thing. There's no way we're going to keep ourselves sort of in the perfect response mode all the time, yeah. you know, and uh, we, it's the first John thing, you know, yeah, we're aiming not to sin, but if anybody does sin, I'll thank for you for that passage, but if anybody does, uh, we have an advocate. Uh, yeah. That's good. Just absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's some great thoughts, guys. We're going to go ahead and, and uh, wrap up. Um, so we've, uh, great, we actually, we're going 55 minutes on this one. Wow, so, that was yeah. great, man. Thank you, Nathan yeah, so and that Steve, was good. for bearing with me on my sickbed. Thank oh. you, Nathan, for giving us liberty to just kind of meander for a while. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. No, this was, this was, was this was great. Um, I think, I think, Greg, we are, we are getting better at uh, spontaneous podcasting here. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hopefully it's not yes. spontaneous combustion. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll find that out in the next you, couple days. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and Steve, you've just given a Spinal Tap reference with spontaneous combustion. Oh, really? That's a, uh, How that fitting. is a uh, scene in Spinal Tap. Where the third drummer of the in the band's history, <laughs> all their drummers keep dying. Oh, really? And, yeah, and they're like, "What happened to him?" Oh, we were doing a gig on the. Uh, it was it was a jazz blues festival. Oh, no, 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 wait! I believe it was a blues jazz festival on the Isle of uh, Isle of uh, Isle of Lucy. Yes, on the Isle of Lucy, and we were doing this gig, and uh, he just sort of. Uh, he just sort of blew up on stage. You know? <laughs> it blew up. Yeah, there, there, there was nothing really left but a small, uh. more globule. It was more of a stain than a globule. Oh, yeah, man. dozens of people spontaneously combust each year. It's just not widely reported. Wow. Um, so there, there's my wow. Spinal Tap reference for today. That's right. While, while we're on the drummer thing, do we have another minute or two? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so you just might enjoy a funny story. So oh, you, yeah. you guys might know that I was a drummer serious drummer for six years of my youth. And then when I was yeah. uh, like 17, 18, I sold the drums, I quit and et cetera. So recently I've taken up drumming again and I'm sure oh, not nice. the drummer I was then, but I, I drum a little bit. So, uh, from time to time, our band at church doesn't have a drummer and they'll call on me and I go mm -hmm. to rehearsal and get all ready. Here's what happened this past week. Um, they had their rehearsal. They were already Sunday morning. I, I'm in the shower. I've been up since five something, going over the sermon, changing a few things. I'm in the shower. It's nine thirty-five, and my wow. phone rings on the counter over there, or there's a text message shows up. Debbie was in the bathroom, and I said, "Baby, what's that say?" Hollering out of the shower, and she says, uh, "It's one of the guys in the band, and the drummer didn't show up, and they want to know, can you come over and drum today?" Wow. <laughs> so they they have a rehearsal at eight thirty Sunday morning. They've been there for an hour and just figured out we really do need a drummer. <laughs> But let's get wow. Steve. I haven't seen the set list. I don't know the songs. I haven't got to work on it, and I'm rusty, and I'm out of shape. So so I roll on over there, and uh, I got there at 10 o'clock. We had 20 minutes to rehearse a little bit before the wow. service started, oh, wow. and I sat down on the drums, and uh, it went pretty good. I made some <laughs> boo-boos. Uh, maybe the worst part was I get really sweaty when I'm drumming, so then I stand yeah. up to preach, and my shirt is wet. <laughs> and, you know, like, I hope there weren't too many guests. <laughs> Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> what is this hick doing up there? Yeah. But uh, that's great. My funny drumming story. That's nice. awesome, dude. Yeah, that's that's why I don't drums. <laughs> is that the reason? <laughs> that's the only reason. So things like that don't happen. I thought it was just that your vocals were so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's just say the band has never asked me to help them in any crisis. I, I was going to say we, we've actually touched on Greg's uh, musical abilities in other podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, they're a little less than stellar. Uh, all right. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and sign off now. Uh, guys, we just rocked the Casper. Rocked it.
These go to 11.